True story. I've only been in snow three times and never in California. So when people talk about putting chains on their tires or shoveling their driveway or bobsledding or snow angels, I'm like, beats the hell out of me. But I do know that across the American West, snow melts into water, which millions of people rely on for, well, life. And I also know that because of climate change, uh, within my lifetime, we might stop getting all of that snow every year. Man, I better get to Snow Summit while I have the chance. I'm Gustavo Arellano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. This past December brought record high amounts of snow to the Sierra Nevada, California's main mountain range. The state, of course, has suffered for years from bad, bad drought. So we should all be happy that the dry days are over with all the snow, right? Right? Yeah, what the buzzer said. In fact, those who monitor such things are saying we should be saving water more than ever because there's a real possibility that one day blizzards might be as common as the Rams winning the Super Bowl. And that's been a grand total of once. Yep, it's time to gather our monthly panel of peril, our correspondence of calamities, our Emersons of emergencies, today, in the latest installment of our series, Masters of Disasters. Musica maestro. In the wildfire chair, as always, is Alex Wigglesworth. Alex, do you like your fireball neat or on ice? Definitely neither. (laughs) Yeah, no, you got the trick question. Uh, Covering earthquakes and COVID-19, of course, is Ron Lynn. Ron, does snow freeze earthquakes? Only during heat waves. Oh, fascinating. And our overlord of the coast, Rosanna Shaw, is away at a super secret SEAL Society seminar in Sausalito. So in her place is our newly anointed water master, Ian James. Ian, sparkling or still? Still. Still. Still still waters run deep? Definitely. Ooh, that's very deep right there. Listen to the Four Top song, by the way. So welcome, Masters, and Ian as our newest master, your first. So with all the snow in the Sierra Nevada and more forecasts for this winter, California, the drought, we're Gucci, right? Yeah, if only that were the case. It's still technically a state-declared drought emergency. We did get a ton of snow, almost 18 feet in December at Donner Pass, and it was a record-setting month for snow in parts of the Sierra Nevada. California's snowpack is officially well over 100% of average for this time of year, but the snow season lasts all the way through March, so we still have a long way to go. And we'll have to see if this winter's overall snowpack turns out to be a big one, a real boom, or not much. I mean, we're seeing all this snow. So that's good, isn't it? Like, it's good that there's snow. Yeah, it is definitely good. It's been a lot. But there's uh, also January, February, March. So getting to that April 1st finish line, we don't really know what's going to happen. And people who manage water look at April 1st at kind of like a finish line. And so, so far, what we've gotten represents a bit more than half of what we need to get to make it an average amount on April 1st. So the next few months will be really key. 
Yeah, here in California, the television stations always make this big show of people going to some part up in Northern California with a humongous ruler to try to get the snowpack measure. Why is that measurement so critical in the American West? So on average, California gets about a third of the water from snow. And so when it melts in the spring and summer, that water flows into reservoirs in the northern part of the state. And, you know, if you've seen before when you're driving along I-5 in the Central Valley and you see the California aqueduct carrying water toward the south, a good chunk of that water came from snowmelt runoff. And so for now, even after the rain and snow, the state's biggest reservoirs like Lake Shasta, Lake Oroville, are still way below average levels. And the past two years have been some of the driest ever recorded. So to really get out of that deep water deficit, we'll need more storms to come our way. And it's really not clear if that's going to happen this winter, if uh, something like December will keep on coming. And another thing to keep in mind, climate change is cranking up the natural water cycle. So with higher temperatures come more extreme extremes. The heat is making droughts like this more intense. And we can also expect more extreme floods. Extreme, extreme. That sounds like a metal band. Ron, you've covered drought for years, of course. And my friend, food legend Evan Kleiman, she wondered on social media why we just let so much water just flow into the ocean. And she said something to the effect of like, where's the city infrastructure to save a bunch of that rainwater? It's the hubris of our forefathers. <laughs> Ozymandias. <laughs> so the incredible thing about the way L.A. was created LA people always thought we could grow our way to existence by taking water from somewhere else, from Northern California or the Colorado River. And so a lifetime ago, rain was actually always considered a nuisance because it caused so much disastrous flooding. I mean, there were these big floods in LA in the 1930s. And so that's when everyone was like, you know what, we got to do something about it. And then that's when they lined the LA River with concrete so that you could rush all that water out to sea as quickly as possible. If you think about it, like Mount Baldy is 10,000 feet above sea level and it only has 50 miles to get to Long Beach. So there's really not that much time to like get all that water when we get a really big storm to like percolate down into the soil. So what's preventing us from retaining all this water? It's basically us. It's our homes. It's our streets. All of that doesn't make it possible for the rain to get into the soil. And so it needs to rush out somewhere. So instead of flooding our homes, we try to engineer it to rush out to sea. There's a saying in Mexico, por eso estamos como estamos. That's why we are the way we are. We'll be back after this break. Welcome back. And now, Alex, of course, you're our wildfire master. Snow obviously is important because, well, it reduces the risk of fire when it's on the ground as it melts, but it also helps plants regrow after a fire. So what does this year's snowfall mean for fire season later this year in 2022? Yeah, hopefully it will help. Although, like Ann said, it's too soon to sort of know how this winter is going to shape up for sure. Um, a lot will depend on if we get more snow later in the year, how fast it melts, and what temperatures end up looking like as we get into the spring. Sometimes wet winters can actually make the next fire season worse. If the precipitation helps plants grow, then we get heat waves that dry them out. And that's especially true for Southern California, where there are a lot of grasses. But generally, researchers have told me that how much snow we get in the winter helps determine how high the fire risk ends up being later in the year. That's because most of California's precipitation falls between November and March, 
And a lot of that is in the mountains in the form of snow before it melts in the spring and summer and flows down, sustaining the state through its dry period until it hopefully rains again in the fall. So in a good year, you might only have a two or three month window starting in maybe August where the state has a high risk of seeing these really severe fires. But experts say that rarely happens anymore. Oh, great. Oy vey, as we say here. And you're also kind of like a master of features past because you can talk about what happened with the snowfall last year and what's probably going to happen this year. Sure. I only obsess over it a a little bit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, last year we didn't get much snow. What we did get melted early. So that contributed to a long and a bad fire year in terms of acres burned. 2016 to 2017 was an abnormally wet winter in California but it was followed by a long, dry summer. That resulted in a bunch of dry brush in areas like Santa Rosa and Napa, up in wine country. We ended up having some of the most destructive fires in the state's history, including the Tubbs Fire that was in wine country and the Thomas Fire in Ventura and Santa Barbara counties. But then I saw a video in Colorado of this past December, a month ago, of record-breaking wildfires. And they were happening even though there was snow all around. Like Jerry Seinfeld used to say, what is the deal? Yeah, if only that snow had come a couple of days earlier, right? Uh, The Boulder suburbs got almost a foot of snow, but that wasn't until two days after the firestorm that destroyed almost a thousand buildings. And that was actually the first major snowfall there since spring. Colorado has been in a severe drought. Actually, I read a report on NBC News that Boulder would typically get about 30 inches of snow from September to December. But this year leading up to that fire, they got about an inch. And they had a really unseasonably warm fall on top of that. So even though it was jarring to see those images of smoldering homes covered in snow, I don't think it necessarily came as a very big surprise just given the conditions leading up to this fire. Snow, fire, Game of Thrones has come to life. Lucky us. We'll be back after this break. And so a recent study by researchers at the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory, say that three times fast, they found that no snow or low snow winters could become regular in the American West in as little as 35 years. Uh, How likely is that? That's right. And that sounds like such a short amount of time. These scientists found that because of warmer temperatures with climate change, these types of low to no snow winters could be coming very soon and that California really needs to prepare. Like, so goodbye, Big Bear and Mammoth and Shasta and all these places I've never been to before? That's right. That change is already happening, though. You know, the western U.S. is already getting less snow on average as winters have gotten warmer. And that's had a big effect on major water sources like the Colorado River. So the past 22 years, you know, since about 2000, much of the western U.S. has been in this unrelenting mega drought. And it's one that's being made worse by the higher temperatures brought on by climate change. And so some scientists also say that beyond dealing with drought, the whole region needs to start dealing with what's really aridification, basically a long-term drying trend driven by higher temperatures. Yeah, I heard about that. It's like basically California would turn as dry as Phoenix. And then where does that leave Phoenix? Like Mars style or probably Venus at that point. So If there's no more snow, uh, where is the West going to get its water from? 
Well, it's a huge problem because the dams and canals that we have were built in the 20th century for a very different climate. So there's been more talk in California and in other states lately about rethinking the water infrastructure. And that includes things like, you know, restoring the natural floodplains and capturing more water when it does rain hard, basically taking advantage of the wet periods when the water does come, because increasingly those dry spells are going to be long and severe and we can't count as much on the melting snow that all of this infrastructure was built for. Come on, Ron, you talk to the San Andreas Fault. Tell it to be our new river or something to keep all that water from the snow. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) the funny thing is just that how in the past we've seen dramatic changes in how rivers flow in, in L.A. County. So like, for example, the L.A. River didn't always actually flow out to like Long Beach. It actually flowed out to Marina Del Rey. One of the things that people really need to keep in mind is that, you know, California was never really built to handle this many people. And so we should kind of act like it. We should kind of act like, you know, we shouldn't be looking to the East Coast or England or Scotland to be thinking that's the way we should be watering our plants. Like half of our urban water use is to landscaping. I mean, think about how wasteful that is. And so like, we should really be looking at being one with how California should be and, you know, maybe using native plants that are better for the butterflies and the hummingbirds anyway. Cactus all the way, down with grass, down with lawns, the great enemy of mankind. Alex, the great enemy of fire, of course, is precipitation of any sort. So as our wildfire master, why is it important that snow continues as opposed to just more rain that might replace the snow that we used to get? Yeah, so snow is this natural water storage system that the state has adapted to live with for centuries. So a winter of just rain or snow that melts early means the water isn't available for us when we need it the most during the dry summer months. That means a larger window during which the vegetation is dry and the state is at risk of intense fires. And like Ann and Ron said, it also means that the water is just harder to capture and store because our infrastructure is built to deal with gradual runoff. So, Ron, you're the most positive of our masters. For crying out loud, you have a bunny as a pet. So with less snow, what do we do? Do we ask the White Walkers from Game of Thrones to pay us a visit, but just for a little bit because, you know, they're White Walkers and they'll turn us into White Walkers? (laughs) Yeah. And we can always count on La Nina to come and and slay the White Walkers, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Damn, Um, deep track. (laughs) So what do we do? For most of us who are listening who are either in control of, like, our own apartments or our own homes— It really comes down to water conservation. It can be really as simple as, you know, instead of washing your car in the driveway, like going to the car wash down the street, that's actually, it saves a lot of water doing that. Yeah, that always trips me out, but I guess it makes sense because they gather all that water, they recycle it, and then they just put it back out there. Yeah, that's exactly it. And another thing in terms of like your lawn, even if you reduce the size of your lawn or if you start planting native species, It requires a lot less water. The other thing that I think a lot of people probably don't do that they should do is turn off your sprinklers during the winter. And then even, you know, if you have a pool, get a pool cover. A lot of pool water evaporates if you don't keep it covered. So basically, you're you're resigned to a future with no snow. With all this talk about conservation, you're like, yeah, there's not going to be snow anymore. So really take care of your water, people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I remember when I was a kid, we all thought that like, We just have to get through this drought and then it'll return back to normal. But hey, guys, that's not what's going on at all. 
people used to think that wells like in the Central Valley were like this, this thing that you could just tap on. But little did we know that those wells are declining and declining and declining, and they'll never be filled in our lifetime. And so we just have to deal with this situation where most years are going to be dry years. And it's not like we're the first place in the world to have to deal with this. Australia is also dealing with this too. But, you know, we'll all figure out a way to deal with it, but we have to be practical about it. And don't forget, folks, the Sahara used to have a lot of vegetation and fauna and flora and all that stuff there. And then finally, for all the masters, <laughs> is there any hope that this is all just doom scrolling nothing? I mean, Alaska, yeah, it had its hottest ever December day. But then soon afterward, the state got a really big snowfall. So it's all Gucci at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think, you know, the the snow is definitely uh, going to become more and more precious. The thing is about this particular year and this drought that we're in is we're kind of in the middle of this uncertain period until we see how much more snow falls this winter. Ron, give me hope, please. A snow. No, no, no. I mean, I used to go to Truckee when, you know, I was in, in college and there was a lot of snow. I definitely know that we now talk about like, is it a good snow year or is it a bad snow year? So I'm definitely, you know, thinking in my head that good snow years are a really precious thing to think about. And you can think about it too. Like I lived in Alhambra for a number of years. I didn't need an air conditioner in all the rooms. But as I was moving out a few years ago, the landlady was installing an air conditioner in the living room because it's just too hot to live with it. So we all need to like prepare for that hotter, drier time ahead of us. Let it know snow, let it know snow, let it know snow. We're going to have new Christmas jingles now. Jeez, oy vey. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. And now comes our ending segment, as always, on Masters of Disasters, where we ask our masters, what's bringing them joy? So Alex, what's bringing you joy in this early new year? Yeah, so it actually has a lot to do with a topic of our show. Uh, coming from the East Coast, I love that in Southern California, snow generally isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you can go and visit. <laughs> My dog, Steve, loves playing in the snow. So every year I try and take a day or two and, you know, make a trip somewhere. I love driving up 395 and seeing the snow on the Sierra. I recently camped in Alabama Hills up there near Lone Pine. It was beautiful with like the snowy peaks in the oh, background. Yeah. And they shot all these movies there. There's like a lot of history. It's very interesting, otherworldly stuff. Good job, Steve. Please get your snow while you can. Ron, what's bringing you joy? You know, it, it is also the snow for me because it is so precious. Oh, in the, I'm in the San Gabriel right now and I can see the snowy peaks. And it's always this, this quintessential photo that you can get in the winter times that it's so special for Southern California, being able to see palm trees and then seeing the snow in the backgrounds. And who knows, maybe it'll be a thing where we won't be able to say that that's the case years from now. But, uh, you know, enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, snow seems to be like a dodo or a passenger pigeon at this point. <laughs> Ian, what's bringing you joy right now? Yeah, I've been loving those photos of the LA skyline with snow blanketing the mountains behind them. Uh, also, the other day, the wet weather, I was enjoying it when I took a walk up to Griffith Park Observatory, looked out over the city and uh, saw lots of clouds, uh, an unusual, uh, different sort of look up there. So snow does not bring you hope, but it brings you joy. Go figure, typical masters. 
Alex Wigglesworth, Ron Lynn, Ian James. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, California cracks down on street vendors and you, even though street food is religion here. Go figure. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Kasha Brasalian, Melissa Kaplan, Ashley Brown, and Angel Carreras. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editors are Lauren Rabb and Kinsey Moreland. Our executive producers are Hasmin Aguilera and Shawnee Hilton. And our theme music is by Andrew Eatman. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us to Puccia Podcasts. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news in this month. Gracias. Gracias.